Hello, beautiful, and welcome to Finding Fertility. Happy Friday, all. It is July 10th. I hope you have had a beautiful week. I'm your host, Monica Cox from FindingFertility.co. Before we get started, I want to remind you that the pilot program for the Finding Fertility course is going to start on Sunday. Now, there might be a chance that there is a few slots left. So if you last minute want to jump in on the pilot program, give me an email. I'm at Monica at FindingFertility.co. And let's see if there is any spots left and get you on the pilot course, I can send you the coupon code. It will still be 50% off. Remember, this program is all of my best one-on-one coaching advice. It's just online in videos so you can do it at your leisure. It gives you access to the functional testing that I can provide, which I can guide you through if you need to help make decisions on what kind of testing you would like to invest in. And of course, you'll get my guidance of what you truly need to do to get down to the root cause of your infertility and the steps you need to make to improve your situation. So once again, give me an email. That's monica at findingfertility.co. Now without further ado, let's get to today's Toxo episode. Welcome back to another episode of Finding Fertility. We are back with another talk show. We have two lovely ladies with us today. So we are going to go around and introduce ourselves. Robin, why don't you go first? Hi, my name is Robin Birkin and I help women navigate the stress of infertility and come out feeling a lot calmer, more confident and happier in themselves. And I'm Sarah Clark, founder of Fab Fertile and host of the Get Pregnant Naturally podcast. And we have access to functional lab testing and help couples make diet and lifestyle changes. Welcome. And I'm Monica Cox, founder of Finding Fertility, and I help you explain your unexplained infertility. Today, we are talking about... IVF, IVF clinics and the big business behind them. I know that maybe, you know, well, we've all been through IVF several times and we've all had very different experiences with them. How do you feel right now as you're working with clients? Do you feel like there's a difference between now and when we went through it a few years ago? And Sarah, for you, almost, you know, 20 years ago now. Well, mine was donor eggs. So I think now it's more common, not common, but more people have heard of it because now you've got embryo adoption and embryo donation, all the little embryos waiting there. I had Nancy Weiss, who's a fertility coach. I think you guys probably know her. It was on my podcast and she had, she's had, she has two little girls now and they were, the natural siblings were on ice for 13 years. And so, yeah. And her little girl, I think one is two, the other one is just, was just three or four months. So kind of cool. Yeah. I think for, for me, like, I don't know, this is like a long time ago, right? 18, my daughter's 18, my son's 15. So with the donor eggs, I think it's more common, but I, there's from a functional standpoint, I, I have a whole different standpoint as to why that is more common, but maybe I'll let someone else. I guess coming back to the question if things have changed or not, I think that the answer is yes and no for me. So when I first started going through IVF, that was in 2014. So that was six years ago now. And I think that everything around infertility has changed. And I think that it's probably been like that for the last 30 or 40 years. But I do sense the frustration amongst my clients with fertility clinics. In my heart, I don't feel like fertility specialists are here for big business or anything like that. But what I feel happens is that there is, I don't even know what to say, 
but sometimes almost like a God complex that, and I like, I hate that I say this and it's certainly not reflective of the whole industry, but I released a podcast on the Fertility Warriors just last week on infertility tests that you might be missing. I had a client who was going through IVF cycle, like multiple IVF cycles, and it never, you know, I deal mostly with mindset, but I'm also usually always happy to give my two cents worth, but I was baffled that they never ran a DNA fragmentation test. And I'm like, mm, IVF is kind of expensive. Would you not run that test before you push someone into the first IVF cycle. And then I saw one of your TikTok videos, Monica, and there was a fertility specialist that said, basically, don't listen to any advice from anyone unless it's a fertility specialist. And I'm like, well, if you had a 100% success rate and if you were full service helping women with their like lifestyle, I just have recorded a podcast with Nicola Salmon of Fat Positive Fertility. And it was like eye-opening for me on the discrimination that fat people face because skinny people can live on a diet of shit as well but you know fertility specialists aren't like this is like I'm talking to the converted with like this is exactly what you guys do but for me it's not the mindset the emotional piece as well and I don't feel like you can ignore some of that but I feel like fertility clinics are getting better many of them are starting to integrate traditional Chinese medicine many of them are starting to integrate mindfulness practices which they never used to do but I guess where I come from is that I feel really disheartened because I'm the one who is on I guess the receiving end of people who are feeling at the end of their tether and are pushed into cycles one of my like a client who I guess I formed a really good relationship with said to me that her clinic she was literally on the verge of a breakdown and her clinic was ready to just keep her doing cycles and she was like in hindsight that was not right and I think that there needs to be if you want people to not take advice from anyone else then you need to be giving the full range of advice and not just one avenue of advice and I think that some of them are getting better but I think that also in some respects the gap is widening. It's funny you bring up TikTok because that wasn't really on my mind when I thought of this topic but yeah so I did some TikToks there's well I would say there's kind of two main IVF doctors on there. And then when, well, there's a few gynecologists now. A few months ago, I did all these duets with them because they were saying things that I was just a little bit like, that's not cool. Like, you know, you have 100K plus followers and you're basically telling them your opinion on the scientific facts of right now, which I get how they can sit there and be like, she's double board certified. And that's, she says that all the time. And she 100% has a God complex. And I'm just like, you know, there's new science. It's emerging. It's coming out. We know different things than what your proven science can tell us at the moment. And I respectfully did it. I don't have an issue with doctors at any means. I'm super grateful for them. But it's kind of like we need to expand this conversation. It is not black and white. They do very much like the birth control pill. They are very much telling people it does not affect your future for fertility. Like 100% hands down, that's what she's saying. And I'm like, no, that's not cool. That's that's where the three of us got let down. If 
the knowledge was out there when we were going through it, maybe we wouldn't have struggled as long as we did. We might have needed support still, medical support, but we could have improved our situation by doing less IVF, maybe not needing donor egg, you know, all these different things. And guess what she did? She banned me from her account. I'm not allowed to go to her account anymore and see her content or duet her stuff. Which I just think was a little bit like, surely if you're super confident in yourself, your board, your double board certified education, little old me, shouldn't be that big of a deal, right? And so, yeah, it was pretty funny, but I I totally feel the same way. And some of the reactions, you know, it's probably like you guys feel you're on either side of the fence, right? Some people are there teetering, looking at both sides respectfully. And um, some people are like, yeah, I've had doctors and we get it all the time. I mean, that's why our clients come to us, right? They are just fed up with what the doctors are trying to tell them and just pushing them into drugs or round after round after round. And us using our voices and going, no, we know that we can support you in a certain way to work with your doctor or don't need your doctor at all. And I think it is very much probably twofold, a GOG complex. And I do understand that there are a lot of people out there giving really bad advice too. (laughs) So I understand why doctors or anyone else are like, don't listen to anyone else who's not certified. It's like, well, a certification just proves that you've learned a certain way. Dr. Ben Lynch actually went on his IGTV the other day and said, you know, stop downgrading people's personal experiences that led them to be experts in what they know. So I call myself an infertility expert because I fucking lived it for nine years. I think that anyone who's gone through this can call them an expert. And if you decide to empower yourself and, you know, educate yourself about different ways and how they can support your journey, then you are 100% an expert in your field. That's what you're saying, little old me. Like, who are little old me? Well, we we know our body best. And I think to me, it's just interesting. I've been over the, it's taken me a while to read this. I'm just reading it every day, kind of a little bit. The Biology of Belief by, by, by Dr. Uh, Bruce Lipton. And he's a biologist who studied cells and then came to find, you know, that we're all obviously, he came from this total allopathic side of medicine and now is like gone to the the side of that we're all beings and and spirits and things like that and but coming from like a really solid medical side of things but the, the piece with that is that we're all like we know our body best and he actually says in his book he's like doctors are actually what they're taught to do is memorize they're they're taught to memorize a whole bunch of information that is fed to them and these people are really effing good at memorizing heaps of information but what are they being told are they necessarily like they're they're being told a certain thing and there's a whole bunch of big pharma behind that and that's why they're pushing a lot of that not all doctors having an open mind to look further and this is like we know our body best and so when and i have people come to to me same with probably as as you guys where a, a doctor has told them it'll never work it's donor eggs for you you'll never get pregnant you know, whatever it is, and then they get pregnant naturally. And it's not some miracle, although it is a miracle, the, you know, the miracle of life, but they have made the mindset changes. They have made the diet changes. They have looked under the hood for, you know, parasites and other things. So when a double board certified person does that, it's just a person that's doesn't have an open mind. We have our clients go and get blood chemistry because we, because we do a blood chemistry review. And it's amazing. The number of doctors are like, nope, I'm not doing that blood chemistry review. I won't 
do the requisition for you. I'm like, who are you to stop me from learning about blood marker, the blood chemistry in my body? You won't run it. They won't do it. So they have to go somewhere else. And, and, the, and the doctors are extremely rude that we're, you know, asking for information so they can learn what's going on in their body. It's interesting, you know, to me, it's like change your doctor. Don't have people put this self-doubt. You know what's going on. If it's not feeling right, it's not right. Trust your intuition. And to me, it's it's that round table. I keep going back to it. It's it includes your RE, your OBGYN, but also your fertility coach, your mindset coach, your masseuse, your chiral, your acupuncturist, like all of them, but you're in the center, you know your body best. And don't let someone who's got, you know, they have a lot of education, but they don't know everything. And they're only taught this certain side of things. And they don't know anything about the functional approach. They don't know the power of the mind. They don't know the power of supplements. See, I see myself as in comparison to you lovely ladies, quite mainstream. So when I look at things like the birth control pill, I've I actually don't know enough about it. I'm completely neutral on it. But what pisses me off is what you say, Sarah, is that IVF is fucking expensive. If I'm paying $20,000, just run some fucking tests. That's where I think that it can be quite close-minded that people, it's almost like they fail to realize the huge impact that this has on people's lives. And I'm here dealing with people who are picking up pieces of their completely broken lives. And I feel like it goes beyond just, it's not just about like mindset and be positive and things like that. It's actually that we can get into a situation when we are under the intense stress of infertility that our bodies are just robbing Peter to pay Paul and there's just all this cortisol flooding through our bodies that nothing's working right. And so if you as a fertility clinic can say, okay, actually we've got this medical piece that's going to help improve your... So my um, mum just had breast cancer. They looked at and they said, okay, by doing this, we can increase your chances by this percentage. Then if we add on this we can increase your chances by this percentage. Then if we do this, where are the fertility clinics saying, and then did you know that if you don't eat like microwave meals and soft drinks every day, you can increase your chances of conceiving with IVF by another 10%. Then if you start doing meditation, whatever it is, like whatever program or protocol they have, you can then increase your chances of conceiving with IVF, whatever it is, by another 10%. There's not that focus. And when it's that expensive and when there's that biological time ticking, I feel like actually if you don't want anyone to listen to you, you then you need to be providing that full picture. Otherwise you need to, exactly what Sarah said, have an open mind and allow multiple people to be there doing whatever the fuck they want to do, running tests, because like this is not something that should continue for someone for five, six, seven, eight, nine years. I think it's quite funny because when they start doing, adding in all these holistic, you know, side things, their rates are going to go up right? Like, it's just like, that's, that's a no brainer. And I think there's a few IVF clinics that have opened up to that. I know Zeta mm-hmm. West was very much like, no, the autoimmune thing that that's not really a thing. And then the more she learns about it, she is now saying, yes, there is 
autoimmune issues that are completely linked to your fertility, this is how we can support you if you have an autoimmune issue. And they're running those tests. They're like bulk standard now where when I was doing it, like I had to search out a clinic that was like a rogue clinic that was doing these like controversial testing. I still get so many clients who have had unexplained infertility who then demand like immune tests and all sorts. And it comes back so often that there are natural killer cells. Yeah. Yeah. It's, Um, I mean, autoimmune is the next diabetes for me. Like that's just the way it's going. So Mm -hmm. many people have undiagnosed autoimmune issues because sometimes all the symptoms are normal. And that was how I was. I, if you looked at me, I was normal. There was nothing wrong with me. And like same as Robin, right? It is. Mm -hmm. So that's what's hard for, you know, when you're trained in a very medical way, which it still boggles my mind because how are we not looking at the body as a whole? I thought like doctors had to study like the whole body and how it's connected, right? Like if you take out one piece, another piece isn't going to work. So why is it so far-fetched that the endocrine system isn't even looked at? Like if you just look at what their endocrine system is doing, you could probably solve like 80% of infertility issues. Well, so you have all these different specialists, the gastroenterologist, the endocrinologist, the cardiologist, the orthopedic surgeon, like all these different specialists. Well, they're not looking at the whole body, like even, even psychiatry and mental health. Like I've gone down the rabbit hole of, of Dr. Daniel uh, Amen, who is basically wanting to end the whole mental health side of things because it's not looking at the brain. Why is psychiatry the only, the only specialty that doesn't actually look at the organ that's you know behind all these things. So he's done over 170,000 spec scans for people looking at the brain and studying the brain. And it's not just about putting a label on ADD or you know a mental health, depression, anxiety. There's something it's connected to the whole entire body. So to me, smart smart doctors are moving to a to a functional side of, of of looking at this and looking at the whole body, looking for the root cause. And there's going to be people when you move to these different things, they'll get ridiculed, they'll get made fun of, and then 20 years later, when all the damn research catches up to it, they'll be like, okay, that makes sense. But right now. Conventional doctors are quoting old, outdated studies. And to me, this is a grassroots, patient-driven movement. In the infertility community, there's like, you know, tens of thousands of dollars being spent on all these procedures. And I see it on Instagram, people doing cycle after cycle after cycle. And I'm just like, what are you doing? Like, stop. Like, do it. I don't know. It drives me crazy, actually, because I'm like, you can either get pregnant naturally by looking of, you know, why, or you can improve the success of this. Why have you done four, five, six, like the trauma, like the trauma that you're experiencing by, by doing that. And doctors say, okay, let's just do it again. Let's just do it again. Why aren't you able to get pregnant naturally to start with? And I, I did all this. I was, we all did. I know I was (laughs) 28. Don't wait for you. I didn't get a second opinion. I didn't look at any of this stuff. I think we just, you discover it. Like the eyes are now wide open and you're like, okay, now I know. So that's why we want to share what we know because I was asleep. I'm still forever grateful to my fertility clinic. And I still like, I don't still don't even have a hundred percent certainty of why we couldn't conceive. Although generally the way that I was living my life pre uh, infertility was, is drastically different to how I live my life now, but I've never, you know, like had definitive tests or anything like that. But I, I 
I'm fairly certain I know a lot of the reasons why we couldn't conceive. And this is not a generalization across, you know, every single fertility clinic. And I, you know, I do think that fertility specialists are very clever, but I think that Rebecca Fett, there's this one kind of line in Rebecca Fett's book, it starts with the egg that always sits with me. Like I always think about this phrase is that she said that there's so many clinics out there that will not consider any alternative treatment, anything else, unless there's a double blind placebo trial, you know, thousands of all these things. But the reality is there are some things that can be used in conjunction with fertility treatments that will cause, will definitively cause no harm. They can only cause benefit. And that's where she said that there's, you know, this big disconnect. And I really resonate with that. Yeah, I just did a podcast episode all about what, because I see a lot of people that have read It Starts With The Egg, and then they've made all the suggestions, they think they've done everything, and then they feel their next logical step because they have read that book and done everything, quote, quote, and then off they go to IVF, but there's a bunch of things in there that have been missed. And she, yeah, she's just done an updated version of that, that book in 2019, it came out and I read it back in 2014. And she now was talking in the book about gluten. She's talking about dairy. She's talking about autoimmunity. And I see, you know, and it's not just all about the diet. There's other things too, but it's interesting. But with a lot of the studies are being done because there's so many people going through IVF, a lot of the studies in the book that she's referencing are from IVF, which is fine. So you can get some of the studies, but why do we need to pump ourselves full of that medication first? Like as a, as a first line of defense, I just, I think there's something to figure out why it's not working. I, I don't know. That's, I think I'm, I'm harping away on that, but that's like what I believe. Yeah. I think I've read her book as well. Uh, I mean, after I didn't need it, but uh, just yeah, I know. So. <laughs> right. yeah. Um, I read it last year, and I think it will. Just like you, Robin, we've had this conversation before. I think it will help thousands of women. You know, there are definitely thousands of women that just need to get to a certain stage, but then that's where IVF comes in. You get just healthy enough to allow IVF to be more successful, where there are thousands of women like myself and Sarah that that will never happen. I see people do eight rounds of IVF and then go to donor egg and it works. It's like, well, Mm -hmm. what was the missing link there? And yeah, it's it's a great book to get you started. But that's like the reminder to people, like if you are trying to avoid IVF or if you have several failed ones that you gotta dig deeper. I just had a client that, I mean, she's literally done everything. She even took your course, Robin, and she absolutely (laughs) loved it. But um, she has this one missing autoimmune piece and Mm. her, her results from her gut test came back and she's got parasites. So as much as her clean eating diet, and she has a kid from an IUI. So she has Mm -hmm. proven that she can do it, but she has a failed IVF. You know, so she's doing all these things and it's just still not clicking. And then that's where kind of the functional side of things come in is where we dig really deep into these things. And just like a personal experience, we've been dealing with a family bug, like my, the three boys I have in my life, the last like six months, like every two months on clockwork, they are throwing up massive diarrhea, stools aren't right. My husband has stomach issues and I'm like, test, test. (laughs) And so I really push to get the doctors, you know, all these free tests, right? We ended up doing four 
stool test for all of them. And the GP, bless her, I think she's a great GP, but she comes back and she's like, they're all, it's all negative. And I was like, okay, well, something's going on. I'm not letting this rest push us to a GI specialist. So the GI specialist gets the tests and for the boys they are like, oh, okay, we'll do some blood draw on a four and a two-year-old. I'm like, oh, fuck, great. That's going to go down well. And then my husband's GI was like, okay, I'll do a booty <laughs> colonoscopy. And so we're like, okay, you know, we'll get answers. And I keep, I kept saying to my husband, if this doesn't come back, we're paying for the test, like that I run. And luckily the GI, my husband's GI specialist came back. He's like, you know what? I just took a 10 extra minutes and I looked into your report from the thing. And actually you have two bugs. And we were like, what? How did that get missed? Surely if something comes up in your stool sample, it comes up. It's not like, it's not a negative. So they had parasites and we are now dealing with them. And that's the thing. It's like, sometimes you just have to keep digging. If you know something isn't right, if you have all the working parts, there's something going on. And most likely you can improve your situation by finding what the issue is. And then if you want to accelerate, like I feel like, you know, IVF doesn't get you pregnant, right? Like I was thinking about this the other day, IVF cannot get you pregnant. It can bring sperm and egg together and put it back into your uterus, but it can't make you pregnant. Your body has to do that on its own. Okay. Maybe you have a few like drugs to help you along the way, but your body still has to do it. So getting your body in the best position it possibly can is the best option in my, obviously in my opinion. But this is where we bring have to bring it back to, you know, is our fertility clinics big business? And, you know, like I personally don't think it's big business. I think it's more a cultural issue within OBGYN, RE world. But this is where... And I think we are all on the same page that if what you're doing isn't working or even if it can be improved without causing any harm, why wouldn't you do it for the benefit of your patients? And that's where run the fucking tests, like have more people, like more people that you can draw on from your clinic to help, you know, people fall pregnant sooner with less cost like it's not compared to the cost of another IVF cycle to run things like a natural killer cell test to run parasite tests and things like that is a fraction of the cost of another IVF cycle and that's what pains me is that they're unwilling to look outside their box for the benefit of their patients it's almost like some clinics will refuse to work in cooperation with people like functional medicine practitioners but everyone's working towards the same goal. They just want to get the person, beautiful woman and her partner, pregnant. It's the same goal. We all want to help. This is a grassroots, patient, client-driven movement. Like we're not going to wait for the RE and the OBGYN because they're being trained in the conventional side of things. Now, that is slightly starting to change, but it is driven by, you know, we're in the land of the internet where we can just go on, okay? I don't recommend going down the rabbit hole of Dr. Google, but we can empower ourselves with information, studies ourselves, and we don't need to wait for someone in the white coat to give us all the information. We can be our own advocate. If the person doesn't want to, you know, run the blood work, we go to the next doctor, the next, doc- the next person that will. You know, we, we don't have to stand by. We don't need to doubt ourselves. We know our body best and surround yourself, listen to podcasts that educate you so you can then make, you know, make the right move for you. And that's empowering. 
Because to me, the IVF thing is you're sitting there, it's disempowering. You're like waiting for someone to say, do this, do that, do this. They're telling you to do this. Don't do the, you know, diet. There's no studies that really diet does a lot, you know, gluten. So I did the uh, consultation with that Amen clinic with my son. And I had a fucking psychiatrist like say to me, give a whole spiel about gluten and the importance of gluten on the brain. I almost started crying like this freaking like smart people are moving towards, you know, knowing that it's not just about, it's not just, oh, here's the, you know, here's the mental health diagnosis. There's, it's the whole body. What you place on your fork does matter. It's not the only thing, but the environmental toxins, like all these things and what impacts the brain also impacts our fertility. So it's not just this, like this taking the body in these little parts. It's looking at the whole thing. And I just, I think knowing that there's things that we can do, we don't need to sit back and wait for the fertility industry, the fertility clinic industry to change. 1985, there's 44 clinics in the, in the US. Now there's 440 it is big business. They are making freaking trillions of dollars. We're getting sicker and sicker because of all the toxins that the human body has been exposed to. Now we're supposedly waiting for a vaccine, you know, to be developed until we can then all, you know, go out in the world again. As someone said yesterday, since when did all humankind lose their immunity? When did we all lose our immunity that we now need to all have a vaccine? That's a whole other topic, but I'll hit on that one. <laughs> I'll need like five soap boxes. <laughs> that's exactly when I'm like, once you know this stuff and you surround yourself with other smart people that are moving, you know, towards this, you're like, okay, there's things we can do. I mean, I agree with both of you. I don't feel like the large majority of IVF doctors are sitting there going like this and holding their money bags. You know, I do think they get into it to help you know, serve, they're super interested in that field. But like you said, they are taught one way. And it seems like a large majority of the medical system is very driven by this is your diagnosis. Here's how we medically solve it. And that's the route we're going, you know, not looking at anywhere else. And unfortunately, the damage is done on the couple's who keep going through treatment after treatment after treatment. And if we want to get on a deeper level, an epigenetic level, because your children are impacted or can be impacted by your physical and mental state before conception, during conception, during your pregnancy. And let's face it, like you, Sarah, if you don't deal with your shit before you get pregnant, your mental health and your physical health is going to just take a dive bomb because pregnancy and being a mother is incredibly hard on the body and the mind. Especially if you're already exhausted from infertility. Postpartum and then dealing with if your kids have, you know, you didn't work on your preconception health. Your postpartum health is a disaster like mine. I've talked about this before. Not I've since heard about postpartum rage. I, I don't know if I had rage, but I had severe irritability. Both my kids had... They're both born via C-section, so they both had food sensitivities, asthma, mood issues, all this stuff that I'm still dealing with in the teenage years. And to put it lightly, it's a nightmare. I think that's why I'm so passionate about getting this information out there. I don't want IVF to go away. I don't want IUI to go away. Those are great tools to help women because the reality is that we are waiting later in life. And if someone wants to fast track, you know, not waiting month after month after month, you know, IVF is great to have a big shot in one go. But before you do it, you know, take three months, reset your body, 
look at all the things that you can do to improve your situation and help impact, you know, have a positive impact on your future child. So I think that is us today. We will get down off of our soapboxes. <laughs> I hope that this has encouraged you to take a deeper look at what's going on and you can connect with all of us down in the show notes. You can find our links. And thank you so much for joining us. And until next week, we'll see you soon. Bye. If you are loving the Finding Fertility podcast, please leave us a rating and review. Let us know how this podcast is supporting you through your infertility journey. Remember, if you are interested in the pilot program for the Finding Fertility Formula 8-week group coaching program, go over to findingfertility.co and get on the list. You do not want to miss out on the majorly discounted price of the pilot program. I hope you have a beautiful weekend and week. We will see you next Tuesday for another Closer Today clip.